And good afternoon. We are back with you for Phil Hoffman Travel. Phil Hoffman Travel, thanks to Phil Hoffman Travel. It costs no more to travel with the best. PhilHoffmanTravel.com.au. And I have Phil in the studio with me today, which I am super excited about. Good afternoon, Phil. How good are you? Good Kerry. Good, thank you. Happy New Year and to our, our listeners as well. And um, at least I'm here today. I uh, won't tell you what I did last Tuesday. I forgot about the timing of the of you know, the days and yes. the holidays. And I was in a car driving back from uh, uh, up in the hills, <laughs> hand off with one of the captains of the ship. And I suddenly got a phone call from the station saying, where are you? <laughs> where are you? We need you. So I postponed it till three o'clock and then I did the session from three o'clock from the back of the car. So I got out of jail. But Kerry, I felt so awful. It's the first time I've ever done it. Well, I know season. when you're like regular as clockwork without and, fail. And, ju- and just these holidays coming up when they did, you know, I kept thinking, oh, it's a public holiday, you know, but it was Tuesday. And I thought, hang on, radio. But anyway, it was good. So, uh, but I'm here today in person. So, and looking forward to it because uh, today we opened all the stores again after a, a break between uh, Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. And, uh, and today we opened and, and and gee, it was busy. When I was at Glenelg this morning, it was super busy with people coming in, um, people anxious to sort of start their reservations for 2023. I think it's going to be a very busy year. Um, uh, you know, we, we we're really seeing the recovery, you know, sort of getting momentum each six months and it's building up. And I think 23 will be a, a very significant year. A lot happening. Um, there's still people out there timid a bit, uh, Kerry, you know, about going. And so they're looking more at domestic and we do a lot of domestic travel as well. So there's a mixture of people saying, I'll wait a little bit longer and others saying, well, I've waited too long now. I'm going regardless and getting up and going. So there's a mixture of that, but uh, we're confident of 23 being a big year. Do you think with that hesitancy it is the insurance and whether there's a problem overseas and where is insurance sitting at the moment? No, insurance are covered by insurance now. Both of the insurance companies that we use now, NIB and also Covermore, are now covering COVID facilities and, and things happening there. Uh, most of the operators are very good with people getting COVID if they get it and looking after them. And, have, and again, it depends on your operators, but we deal with you know only the best and, and the professional ones that we know that will look after our clients if anything should hap- happen to them. And no, it seems to be disappearing into the background really, but there's still some that you know uh, can get anxious about it and we try to alleviate those uh, anxious worries about it because, as I say, we use good operators that make sure that they look after our clients with if anything like that should happen. Right. And do you think, though, that people still with that hesitancy and with domestic, is it too late to get international? They suddenly say, no, 2023, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go. Is it too no, late? No, it's not too late. It's not too late. But uh, there are times on certain days and, and certain months when it, you know, it's really heavy and will be hard to get seats. So we're saying if you want to go on certain dates, you need to come and see us now. Otherwise, you don't get your choice. You're going to get what is available. Mm. And people sometimes don't believe that. But I'm saying I can show them on the computers where there are certain flights and there is no vacancies and and etc because the demand is greater than the capacity at the moment uh, we're Kerry, we're about 64 65% capacity that we had pre-covid so we're not anywhere it's well there. under it's well under and so we're waiting mm. for more so you know in since uh, covid we we lost Cathay before that we lost Emirates China Southern uh, Malaysia's down a couple of flights, Air New Zealand's only three out of six that they were. 
So we've lost a lot of capacity and it will take a while to get that back. And uh, that's not just in Adelaide, that's Australia-wide. It's worldwide as well. And so so there's a hes- there's going to be you know capacity problems. And that's why the fares are higher than they probably should be. Um, but unfortunately, we don't, have, we don't control that. We're, you know, we, we've got to sell what the airlines give us and what the prices are. But and people keep asking me, and I've asked a lot on radio. You know, when do I think they'll come down? And I'm, I'm, I'm more and more convinced now that it won't come down to the end of 2023 until we get back to at least nearly 100% capacity. But that's still some way off. So I'm saying. Conservatively, I think they'll stay where they are for a long time until we get more capacity, and I don't think that's going to be to the end of 2023. Now, I could be made, you know, look ridiculous in in six months if suddenly, you know, full capacity comes back and the fares drop. I, I think the Reserve Bank took the ridiculous prediction. <laughs> yeah. that you're all right, Phil. So that's that's the the little worry at the moment. But out of Adelaide, you know, we, we're still doing well with servicing by the airlines. You know, we've got Qatar now seven flights a week. We've got Singapore going to ten in January uh, a week. We've got Fiji twice a week out of Adelaide. We've got Malaysia heading towards four flights a week. We've got Air New Zealand. Uh, three flights a week. Um, who else? We've got Virgin flying to Bali, which is nice to have a, an airline like Virgin flying to Bali. Um, and uh, so we've got we're you know pretty well served in terms of of having those international. The good thing, Kerry, that uh, sometimes our listeners don't understand, or maybe we don't make it so clear for them, is that a lot of these airlines have great connections onwards. So it's not just them flying, say, to Fiji, because you could fly with uh, Fiji Airways out of Adelaide, but you can go onto the west coast of America, so you, and also to Canada. So you can go uh, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Vancouver with Fiji Airways, which is a lovely connection right through there. Great fares. Singapore, you've got the whole of the world really into Asia and into. To, uh, into um, Europe, Qatar, 147 destinations in their worldwide uh, network. So you know you can cover most places with them. Malaysia going up into Malaysia and then on to to Europe. Um, who else we've got? We've got Air New Zealand. Now a lot of people f- don't uh, understand this, but Air New Zealand is probably the fastest way for Adelaide people to get to the west coast of America. Interesting, because you go Adelaide Auckland for mm. our flight, probably forty five an hour on the on the deck in Auckland, and then straight through to the west coast of of America, um, including Vancouver as well. So. And then when you come back, you're doing the same. You come, like, so you, so you do immigration in Adelaide to go out and coming back in because you're transiting through Auckland, uh, straight through onto Adelaide if the, if the flights connect. Um, you uh, transit and finish up doing your immigration and, and everything else in Adelaide, which is, uh, very easy to do. So you don't lose that time going to Melbourne or Sydney and waiting around and transferring your luggage and all that sort of thing. It's all, it's all with, uh, as I said, Air New Zealand. I flew to Hawaii with uh, Air New Zealand and Adelaide, Auckland is four hours, 10 minutes and then about an eight hour flight with, uh, with uh, New Zealand to uh, to Hawaii on a on a seven a Dreamliner and it was just a fantastic uh, flight. Air New Zealand also are now flying to New York direct out of Auckland, so you can go Adelaide, Auckland, Auckland, New Zealand, uh, Auckland uh, to to New, York. to New York, which is a fabulous connection. So when you think of that, that's not a bad way of getting up to New York as well. True, Phil. Do you think it'll be long before we'll actually be able to do Australia into Europe direct without having to do a Doha? Singapore, for example, where is that sitting at? 
Yeah, I think we're a long way off yet. I think we're a couple of years. I think we might see 2025, you might see Sydney, London, you know, non-stop, and you may see Sydney, maybe New York with some of the new planes that, you know, are being developed. But for Adelaide, it's just, uh, yeah, in between. So, so you know, there is now, uh, you can go Adelaide, Perth, and then Perth to London with non-stop. Uh, they were doing Darwin, uh, London non-stop. And for a couple of months of the year, they were they're doing, um, and I think we're doing it again this year. They're doing uh, Adelaide, uh, sorry, to Perth, Rome as well, which was a good. Connection. What's that flight time then from Perth to London? Uh, about 17 and a half, 18 hours. So it's, it's another it, three hour on the biggest leg, yeah, which is a 14 yeah, hour. Yeah. It's Look, it's, it's a long flight, um, you know, when you think 17 and a half hours and whatever. But again, uh, you know, I say to people, if you're into Netflix or some of those movies, you know, you can have absolutely a movie or Netflix marathon by the time you get to the other destination. But I'm not sure in what condition you arrive. But I have been done, I have done that when I've gone to New York via Hong Kong and got into, uh, I'm trying to think of the series, but I got wrapped in it, and uh, I finished up watching about 10 sessions and uh, thought, I never got any sleep, and suddenly in New York, and suddenly, but once you arrive in another nation, you know, it takes over and away you go. Well, you're exactly right. We're so lucky now. Once it was everybody watched all the same movie, now you personally choose what you want to watch, and I just take it as a time when, when do you have 24 hours when no one's annoying you, you get to watch whatever you want, no emails, no phone calls, food is brought to you, just relax. Yeah, absolutely. And I say that to people. A lot of people say to me, uh, Kerry, when they, 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 they say, oh, Phil, but I can't sleep on a plane. I said, yeah, but you've told yourself you can't sleep on a plane. You know, I mean, you've actually told yourself or you told your brain that you can't sleep. I said, I get on, and if I say I'm on the night flight with Qatar out of Adelaide, uh, which I enjoy going That's through. That's a great flight, that yeah, one. Yeah, you know, mm. and Emirates had the same. It was great. You know, and I'd have a couple of glasses of red, put my head back, and, and away I'd go to sleep, you know, and then suddenly wake up eight, nine hours later, three hours out of Dubai or, mm. or Doha, Get ready for breakfast, and then you have a couple of hours on the deck in Doha or, or Dubai, and then fly into Europe at a lovely time. This is what I love: is arriving in Europe mid-afternoon when you can go to your hotel, and your hotel you can check in. You arrive early in the morning in London or you know in European cities and say, you know, I'm ready to check in my hotel. They say, uh, Mr. Hoffman, no. your your room's Are you not ready. Crazy? Till, yeah, till three <laughs> o'clock, you know. And you go, oh my god, you know, unless you pay for the night before yeah. so that's why i love those connections and mm. i've and i've actually gone uh, with uh, emirates many times to the states via uh, dubai and also qatar and if you add up the hours that you're actually flying and transiting through uh it's not much more it's not much more and actually more comfortable than going right. i hate going through los angeles and it's a pet hate but um that's not a favorite airport for you no it's not a favorite no. airport for me uh mainly because of you know the transfers and and connecting times and if you know we try and judge it of how long we think you need to get through to get a good connection but if you miss that connection you've got maybe another three or four hours sitting at a not the fanciest airport you can find whereas right. you sit in dubai or doha and, and whatever they're beautiful airports they no. certainly are. No, I have been to LA. It's not a great airport. Do you think Emirates will come back, Phil? Not for about 18 months, two years is, oh. is my understanding from coming from um, Sydney. They're saying that, you know, they've still got a lot of 
A380s to get back in the air for other places. You do wonder why it takes so long. You would think you just well, go in and well, uh, Mr. 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 And away. No, no, no. Mr. Joyce said the other day, he made a statement that it's about 4,500 technical hours, Kerry, to get an A380 back in the air. Because remember, they've been sitting on that deck for two years. And so it's not just like you turn the engine over. And we would want them checked, wouldn't we, we would, Phil? We would. We, we, we would definitely, because you don't want to be checking them when they're up in the air. <laughs> and, uh, and so, yeah, so there's a lot more time and effort goes into it. And then, Kerry, we often forget this, that, uh, you know, the, the, the pilot's got to be retrained as well because he's been out of action for two years, not flying or not even flying full stop. So he's got to go back and do a lot of sort of simulation training again to get back and get the feel of it because they do so much things where they just know what they've got to do, the checklist and all that. But when you've been out for two years, it's like someone said the other, when we first started a lot of confusion at the airport, they said, well, travellers are not match fit nor, nor are the staff. And it's true, you get out of the you know, automatically doing things and habit. How, habit and how easy it is. And then all of a sudden you go, God, I feel like a virgin in this game. You know, we're starting again. <laughs> well, Phil, could you just imagine if a pilot said, oops, sorry, everybody, I <laughs> yeah. will get back into the saddle. <laughs> yeah. oh, thanks very yeah. much. Get me someone else. Phil, tell us about the program with Holland America. I've done cruising with your company, which was fantastic, two cruises. I wonder where there was anybody left in Adelaide because they all had <laughs> Phil Hoffman travel tags Jerry, on. Uh, it was one of our most successful programs as – uh, years ago, we started putting back-to-back itineraries together, mm-hmm. and and uh, we really built up a great business with that, where we put the two itineraries. So, you know, we'd put a Norwegian fjords with a Baltic cruise, we'd put the Mediterranean with the East Mediterranean and the West Mediterranean together, and so suddenly we had these 20, 24-day programs, and I used to laugh at the Americans, they'd go... Uh, how come you guys, Australians can do this sort of thing? You know, and you stay on the ship for so long. I said, well, we do have four or five weeks holidays where yes. they have just the, mm. the bare two weeks mm. and that's getting over and back. And then one American said one day, he said, is there anyone left in Adelaide that's not on the Holland See? America trip? Right? You know? <laughs> and he said that to me because he, he saw my tag there. He said, you are their man. I said, yeah. He said, I said, no, we're working on making sure that everyone gets on one it of the Holland America. It was great. We loved they, it. And the great value, Kerry, is mm-hmm. to do it. What is, is fantastic and, and where Holland America was so obliging to us, in the past, if you did two back-to-backs, you had to get off on the end of itinerary one and recheck in. And we said, this is ridiculous. You know, mm-hmm. They've got to have the same cabin and the same thing, and it's just another day in port for them. So they're not, Perfect. Yeah. And so they gave us that. But the interesting thing is, and we're just releasing this week the 2024 program, where we've got some so many new itineraries. And Kerry, as you've done one of these, you know, the new itineraries now of some of the places we're going to go to, you know, like some of the Baltic and uh, Norwegian, uh, high, you know, high, high up there in Europe, northern Europe, are going to combine Iceland and Greenland into the itineraries That's as well. Mm. And, and to other places where you may even get a chance to see polar bears etc. But you know, when you start looking at those itineraries and when they produced the brochure the other day for me, and I only got the skeleton one at the moment, I just fell in love with them. I said, guys, and then when you come down to the Mediterranean, they're going to include, you know, going to Crete and, and um, to Egypt and, and Israel and other places. And I said, they are stunning itineraries for people to get a real good smorgasbord of that whole You've just hit the nail on the head. Cruises are smorgasbord. People go, oh, but don't you want land time? So you pick which ones you love and you go and have more land time. That's what's perfect about Yeah, absolutely. And often I say to people, you know, one of the things that when you do your first sort of big itinerary, you know, you'll you'll pick the place where you think, if I was going to go back and spend some time, that's where I'd go, you know. And I've done that with Croatia where, you know, I've I've had a taste of the Croatian, you know, seaports. Then, right, I'm going to do a land tour and go further in and and spend more time in these different places. Mm -hmm. But but what we're finding in, in, in this last six months 
is everyone's realised what the true value of cruising is in terms of the inbuilt costs of what you're getting. And me having just been with a group uh, in September last year, taking a group to Hawaii, and you do the islands and, and you go around the islands in a week on, you know, on Pride America, then you come back and you get back onto land and you suddenly realise what you're paying for a sandwich, coffee, a meal, because, you know, it's not only just the cost. One, it's, secondly, it's uh, the tip. Right. I was just about to say and, and the, the tip and the, oh, the, and the, and the service fee, yes. and then you convert it into Australian dollars. And you go, oh my god, that was a hundred dollars. You know, Ooh. I thought I was spending fifty. Ooh. You know, and I remember taking a big group one year to the states, and and I came back, and the bills came in on me looking after the clients and that, and the the uh, accountant said, did you have a good time? And I said, why? And she said, well, I've just got some of the bills, and it looks like you've had a really good time. <laughs> But what was happening, Kerry, was that, you know, a bottle of wine was $35 US. But when the dollar was down to, you know, 50 cents, it's double. So she'd get the bill, they'd see the Mm. bill and they'd go, Mm. $86 or whatever it was, you know, because Mm. you don't, you forget it. And so, so I think people are seeing, and the other trend we're we're really seeing is uh, younger people getting on board a lot younger than the, the, the normal age groups, you know. It's coming down because they're, they're also seeing. And I, I had a young group on one of the Holland America uh, trips and, and I said, look, I've got to ask this question. I said, you're a lot younger than the average age group on this, this cruise. And they said, Phil, we did all our homework and we looked at how such good value it was and how many countries we covered in the 20 days or whatever. They had a ball because they set their own, you know, uh, a calendar as far as what they did each day and where they went and everything else. And that's the other thing I say, Kerry, all the time is when you get on a ship, you find the, your rhythm on the ship, what you like doing, and then you get into that. So whether you're, a, you know, if you want to go and do a gym in the morning before you have breakfast or when you come back from a tour or you're a shopper maniac and you want to stay in the terminal for another half an hour, hour before the ship uh, leaves. It is uh, like staying at a house, isn't it, Phil? It you, is. You move into a house it's, and you get to another local area. Yeah. I think it's outstanding. We're just going to go to the break and come back right, with more okay. with Phil Hoffman Travel. In need of a holiday or planning the trip of a lifetime, the Phil Hoffman Travel Expo has all the hottest deals and holiday ideas. With over 50 travel experts and operators, get experienced advice on destinations all over the world, plus huge savings. Hosted by Hayley and Lauren from Adelaide, there's holidays to be won, free coffee and free travel talks. The Phil Hoffman Travel Expo, Sunday 29th of January, Adelaide Convention Centre. Register at pht.com.au. This is 5AA Summer Afternoons. And we're with Phil Hoffman Travel. Got Phil Hoffman in the studio. And Phil and I were just talking about solo travel and what people do when they're on. So, Phil, can I jump to ask you to answer that question for us, please? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, The two things I get asked a lot on radio and elsewhere when I'm talking solo travelling and insurance as you get older and you've got pains and aches and all that sort of thing. With solo travel, a lot of the cruise ships are developing uh, solo cabins. Uh, Not as many as we'd like to see, but that's, again, it's a a cost factor, but they're, they're putting them in there. We also run a solo travel club. So we say to people, oh, yeah, so we have a solo, that's brilliant. Yeah, solo travel club where people can, you know, get together and meet other travellers that are, are travelling, that want to travel. But also sometimes they'll say, gee, I, I think I could get on well with that person because seems, you know, same's their age. And like sort of like travel matching, instead of date matching, matching it's travel and, matching. And we'll say to them, mm. go and have a coffee and go and have a chat. And some people make lifelong friends, carry out that's of that. That's a brilliant idea, uh, Phil. Because they come friends and then they'll ring each other up. And it was interesting one day we were doing a big back-to-back charter. It was 70 days with one of the Azamara ships. 
and uh, and I took this whole group out. It had been on for the whole time for, and there was twenty two of them for dinner at the, at the uh, on the ship. And uh, one of the guys said, Phil, what you probably don't realise now that a lot of us ring each other up and say, oh, I've just received a brochure from Phil or from Phil Hoffman Travel or whoever, uh, and it's this, this and this. You thought you might be interested in, in coming with us. We're going, you know. And so they'll, they'll, they'll sort of talk to each other. So I was walking back to the cabin one night and I said to my wife, I said, all this marking's going on and we don't even know what's going on in, in some ways, you know, because they, they're talking to each other because they become friends. And that's the other thing that I think is unique when you travel you know, with a with an escort or a group that you you know you get friendships made up, and come lifelong friends. And that enriches the experience. Now we've got Leighton from Tokyo on the line for a question for Phil. Hello, Leighton. G'day, Kerry. Uh, uh, Hi, Leighton. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you both. Um, Phil, remember I spoke to you about three years ago, I reckon it was. Yes. And uh, you were. Go- had organised a shipload to come up to Japan. <laughs> yeah, well, it got cancelled because it was April 2020. I remember it well, Le- uh, Leighton. And, That's right. Uh, but uh, we're looking at some allocations with Holland America for uh, 2024. So we've got, you know, a lot of uh, cruising in uh, 2023, but we're not doing any, like, group allocations. But a lot of the ships are going. Leighton, can I just tell you that Japan is probably one of the hottest destinations on our list at the moment that's mm-hmm. trending at the moment, both land and sea. Laden. So, yeah, 2024. I'm looking at my. I'm starting to work my 24 program out now. What you know, time I've got available, and uh, certainly Japan's on it because everyone Leighton who comes back from Japan loves the destination. But also, one of the biggest uh, things they they talk about is the friendliness of the Japanese uh, person in the streets. Oh well. They are definitely, yeah. and, and very and very respectful. They'll tell you that you could be standing on a street corner, uh, Kerry, with a map in your hand, and someone will come up and say, "Can I help you?" You know, and 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 point you in the right direction, whether it's the underground, whether it's a hotel you're looking for, or, or a direction to get on something. Oh uh, yeah. Well, better than my experience in London, first experience there when I'm standing with a map and I'm looking at it. And I looked at somebody and said, "Could you help me? What do you think I am? A travel agent?" Okay. All good then. <laughs> Leighton, thanks Not for on. calling in. Yeah, thanks, Leighton. Okay, yeah. thanks, Jerry. Thanks, yeah. Phil. Got a question for Phil? Call us 8223 Phil, having a look at these cruise lines, Azamara Club Cruises, is that one of your favourites? Yes, yes. We had uh, Azamara question last week, and I took the captain up to Handoff, and that's when I got into trouble. Ah, when you and, were uh, out cruising yeah. Handoff. And we had to get him back by a certain time because he was taking all the passengers up to Adelaide Oval for mm. an amazing night. They call it uh, an amazing Azamara night. And uh, they had James Morrissey and oh. others playing up there, and it was a dinner put on. So how special is that? And they do that in every itinerary. One night they do that sort of special arrangement. Mm. And I've done one when I was in Dubai, and that was special to me and that. But, no, we've done a lot of work with uh, Azamara. Small ships, only 680 passengers carry, but what makes it and they and they're not new ships they're they're older ships you know but unique in the fact that the captain the hotel manager the cruise director the staff are just so so friendly and and we get such a repeat factor on Azamara but what they do what they've introduced is staying longer at night in the port so often they don't you don't leave a port until 11 o'clock at night so you're not only there at 8 in the morning but you're there till 11 at night but so you've got a chance if you wanted to go back out into the city and 
at night and go to a dinner or a restaurant that someone has recommended to you, you can. And tours aren't so rushed then. You're not feeling that pressure. And and Mm. so you can do a morning or afternoon tour or a full eight or nine hour tour. But the other thing is they have what they call these intensive voyages where you'll do a destination like France and you'll do a whole heap of the French ports around the, you know, the, the outskirts of the, of France and they're fantastic places where you spend and because it's small ships they can get into those ports mm-hmm. so this is the difference between a big ship sometimes can't get into certain ports whereas a small ship can like Azamara I've seen it get into Seville where it backs up the sort of riverway right up to the really the city in Seville in Dubai in Bordeaux in, in there in Bordeaux you're right alongside of the city so it's the equivalent of being say down on the Torrens River and the city is where it is here and walking up to the city. That's how close it all is. It's and, a- and you think about for us, Phil, in Australia, Adelaide misses out quite often all the time because they don't come around. You may be missing out on some of these overseas destinations because you're not going to a city that you would have loved. Yeah, yeah. And it's getting, and that's why I keep saying we've got to keep marketing the city. A gentleman today saw me at the coffee shop when I came in this morning and he said, Phil, you know, Australia is like uh, honey and, and whatever. He, he said it's such a beautiful place. Aww. He said in South Australia... Let's bottle him. Yeah, and, and I said that, and he's a Navy man. He had been, you know, has sailed the world many times over. Did he just made that point. He said, you know, he said, it's such a... Milk and honey, that's what his words were, milk and honey. He said, it's such a beautiful place, Australia. He said, you know, I just think it's the best place in the world. And I think South Australia is one of the best kept secrets in the world yes. of the style we live in. People say, but how can you say that when you send so many people away every year? And I say, yeah, yeah, but that's one of the things is you've got to go away to appreciate how well we live here in South Australia and what is in offer. And I think if anything came positive out of the pandemic was the fact that we did explore a lot more of our We city, certainly did. Uh, Australia, South Australia, Tassie. Tassie was one of the big winners of uh, the pandemic. It's they, huge. I'm going there to do those three capes walk. Yeah, and, and people just love Tasmania. You know, they've done tourism well. And the same, and one of the comments they make about South Australia, and we often get these little things people say your people in the stores are so friendly and i say what do you mean so friendly they said well they actually want a service and they want to you know talk to us they said you go to some big cities in australia and they don't want to talk to you they want to serve you you know and and they you know we've just had that from these uk visitors we've got they're about to go to sydney so it'll be very interesting to see these little things just come up we take for granted because we live here but others when they experience it you know uh, and when I took this captain to Handoff, one of the pa- passengers, he'd, he'd said to someone, I'm going to Handoff with my friend. And they said, you've got to go to this little wine bar in Handoff. And so he suggested it to us. So we found that before we went to the lane. And uh, it was fantastic. And the, the owner of the, of the little place had been one of the, had worked with Max Schubert on the... Is that right? Uh, for <gasps> Penfolds and, and has his own okay. block now and that. And so it was a great story of the whole mm. thing. And, and as I say, we learn something all our time in our own state, uh, something we don't know of. And, and that's, Phil, that's the experiences that make the difference because we've always said Australia, South Australia, you land in the middle, you can go in five different directions and have different experiences. We don't have a rock, we don't have a big harbour, but it's a place that unfolds and explores and organisations like yours, because you do inbound as yeah, well, yeah. can help people find those special places and, and experiences. And, and, you know, and if you have the right staff, I mean, this girl was the daughter of the owner, you know, and she was magic listening to her mm. talk about the wines. And, and so, you know, we finished up buying wines. Of course you did. You know, and, and so so I think it's all these things. And it's the same when you go away with, with uh, you know, different people and they know these destinations or the, or the, the ship companies, you know, they, they've picked the good operators and they take the little places and you just get, you think – 
I've fallen in love with that place. I must go back again. Now, I'm, yeah. I'm crazy at the moment. I'm watching Emily, right, in Paris. Now, you know, I mean... <laughs> That's it, a great series. And, and, and it's very tongue-in-cheek. The girls in my office can't believe that I'm watching Emily in Paris, but I said, you know why? Because every time I see a scene in, in that, that series makes me want to go back to Paris. I said, I just... What a beautiful city, what a beautiful mm. place. And so you fall in love with it. You, you do. Know, and you want to go back. And and they say about Lotus has just done the series, uh, Lotus number 2. Is it White Lotus? White Lotus. Lotus they want right. some awards. Is mm. number 2 series is in Sicily. They reckon in America, the Sicily... Uh, bookings for Sicily has gone through the roof and we do a lot with Sicily with our uh, operator there. The other one that's gone through the roof for the Americans is everyone wants to go to Montana. Ah, so Yellowstone, because you can stay at that that uh, that the cattle ranch, you know, there. So Phil, this gives you a good excuse to watch Netflix all the time because Absolutely. you're trying to do a tie-up yeah, yeah. with the travel. I like well, that. Well, when you hear, you know, the, the suppliers telling you when a trend happens, often it's – and I was trying to work out years ago why Japan was always so popular. And I could never get my you know fingers on what was what was the thing that was turning Japan, but a lot of people said it was a lot of the cooking classes that used to be on on, right. uh, on SBS and mm. others. And you know I'm, I haven't been watching a lot of cooking classes, but again it's those sort of things people say I want to go to that place and go into that cooking class or go to a you know a restaurant that's got three stars and you know whatever sort of thing. And and it's all of that that uh, are little things that make people want it. But yeah. on that, Phil, you have your own immersive experiences where you've done language courses. Is having you cooking? Yes, yep, and we'll start them again in, in the beginning of February. So we do language classes uh, twice a week, different levels of, of Italian. We do the cooking classes on Saturday, uh, and we also take people for immersion experience down to um, Port Elliot, uh, down there to uh, one of the places we, we hire out there, and we have these immersive in for Friday, Saturday, Sunday to give you a taste if you're going on one of our, uh, you know, out to um, uh, Tus- Tuscany and staying in one of the villas that we, we oh, use there. So it just gives you a sample. Now I'm waiting for when Monato finishes their accommodation it's down there amazing. to do the same to take you down there and give you an experience for a weekend or whatever and saying, now think of this when now you're in Africa or in Kenya, Botswana or whatever, and you're there. When when Monato finishes the building complex and that, it'll be the largest open air safari in the world outside of Africa. Oh, how exciting is that? So, so you know, we've got some exciting things happening here, but also it's an extension of, say, people getting a taste of, uh, you know, when they go to these destinations. You know, my daughter got married in Tuscany. My wife had her 60th birthday in Tuscany. They're all experiences that we went, we sampled, thought, wow. And my wife said 10 years out when she was 50, said, I want my 60th in Tuscany. You took note of that, Phil. I did. Well done. I, so I got some brownie points. Now, Phil, you know. you've got your travel expert coming yep. up there's some chance for listeners to win something. Yeah, if they get on early and register, there's some tickets going here. I just need to read the script again, what they gave me, and they said, please make sure you talk about it. Uh, yeah, we have uh, some great prizes. Return airfares for two people to Los Angeles, thanks to uh, Fiji Airways. Um, Seven-day drive hire in Tasmania, thanks to Tas Vacations. A five-night cruise from Sydney to add, thanks to Princess Cruises. $2,000 towards a holiday, thanks to Intrepid Travel. And a South oh, I want to do this one. This is the one I want to win. A South Pole Scenic Flight, thanks to Chamu Adventures, and they're going down now and flying over the, the South Pole. So if you register early uh, and your ticket comes out as one of the early registries in going to our expo, which is on the 29th of January at the Convention Centre, I love these functions because people say, hey, you know, you've done so many. How do you keep loving them? Well, 
we meet so many of our existing clients, we meet new clients, but you get such good marketing intelligence what people are thinking about where they want and to And the go. excitement fill in excitement. the air. And, and some people spend eight hours, and I said, look, I have to spend eight hours because I've got to work it. But I said, you don't have to. And they said, Phil, we love it. You know, they'll come into sessions, we'll have seminars running all day, uh, and they can come to the seminars. They hear the experts talk. They can pick up the new brochures for 23, 24, and, and deposit as well and, and, and sort of get some nice uh, advantages by doing that. But if they don't and don't want to, we say, that's not a problem. When you're ready to come and see us, ring in, make a time, we'll set you up. But you can also get all the information and start compiling what you want to do, whether it's be 23, whether it's 24. So I love them. And as I said, I get a lot of marketing intelligence out of Well, your staff are fabulous, Phil. I've used you on several occasions and they truly are outstanding. And you feel safe. That's what I like. I actually feel safe, particularly when it's overseas travel. Well, Kerry, we're with you all way and, and we've noticed a big difference in this last nine months of people saying Phil who can you recommend because I just want someone that I know yeah. is looking after all my arrangements and if we get into anything that gets cancelled I can pick up the phone or send a text message send an email you know and away we go into action and that's a nice feeling and even I love that the fact that you know you've got that backup even though I know the game it's still nice to have someone sitting on a computer there that's got all the schedules got all the airlines or can ring a cruise line and saying that we're running late to get to so-and-so. And knows uh, the distances of time you should leave between things like flights and uh, with oh, tours, what oh, you're trying to achieve. Yeah, no, you, and that's it. I mean, you know, you got to remember that uh, the rest of the world's travelling as well. And so uh, when we put a product out sometimes and suddenly... It, We'll say it's full. People say, can't be full. We just saw it only a couple of weeks ago. I said, yeah, but the whole world's selling into that one world cruise. Yes. And so 700 passengers in a world of 8 billion is not a lot of bookings. Sure <laughs> isn't. Phil Hoffman, fantastic as always. Really enjoyed the Pleasure chat. Carrie. I was really looking forward to this. And if you'd like to know more about what we've spoken about today, head to the Phil Hoffman Travel website, pht.com.au. In need of a holiday or planning the trip of a lifetime, the Phil Hoffman Travel Expo has all the hottest deals and holiday ideas. With over 50 travel experts and operators, get experienced advice on destinations all over the world, plus huge savings. Hosted by Hayley and Lauren from Adelaide, there's holidays to be won, free coffee and free travel talks. The Phil Hoffman Travel Expo, Sunday 29th of January, Adelaide Convention Centre. Register at pht.com.au.